Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Taylor McGregor of ESPN College Football, who's joining us on the phone lines right now. Taylor, as always, it's a pleasure. Good to have you back on. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, I'm doing well. I can't complain sitting down watching Alabama Cincinnati, and then I'll be right here on the couch watching Georgia Michigan later this evening. So I'm looking forward to kind of hanging out on the couch and watching some games on TV. Well, we are glad that you could pencil us into your otherwise demanding schedule of watching college football <laughs> semifinals to talk just a little bit. But uh, I got to ask you, because I know that you were there for the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and you got to, of course, see uh, South Carolina beat North Carolina in there, and you also got to see Shane Beamer get a mayonnaise bath. Talk about that experience and uh, just that game and also seeing a, a grown man get a gallon of mayonnaise dumped on top of his head. Well, John, you and I talked a couple weeks ago about how this is going to be a career highlight for me. And so far, I can absolutely say that it was. It was so fun to see that both him and Mac Brown before the game were nervous almost to win. I've never seen a coach nervous to win a game. But when Shane Beamer, when I was interviewing him post-game, the first thing I asked him was what was going through his mind. And he said, to be honest with you, I'm nervous about this Bayo bath. And then we went over there, and if you watch the video, the poor girls who were dumping the mayo, it was hard for them to get all of the mayo out of the cooler and kind of hit him in the head a little bit. So he said he got a concussion. I think he was joking, but um, it was just it, the whole thing was hilarious, and it was so much fun. The bowl games have been awesome. I think you and I had a conversation about, you know, do they matter? Is it fun anymore? And I think the viewership on these games shows that yes, people care, and then. Days like yesterday, it was just so much fun, and I was thankful to be a part of it. It was a blast. What were the sidelines like for both those teams? A lot of those players know one another. You're talking North Carolina versus South Carolina. In Carolina, they're playing that game in in, in North Carolina. What were the sidelines like? Because, as you mentioned, there's a, a lot of talk about motivation, but we know both those teams were motivated going into that game, but also we saw South Carolina come away with a dominant performance. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Throughout the week when I was talking to the players, I was trying to get them to say, oh, we hate North Carolina or we hate South Carolina. But because they don't play in the same conference, I don't think there's that real rivalry like if they had played in the same conference. You know, South Carolina was very adamant that their rival was Clemson. And, you know, on the flip side of that, North Carolina has a couple, of course, Duke, especially on the basketball side. But so there wasn't that bitter rival like I was rivalry like I was you know expecting maybe but um, I think South Carolina you know they had been up and down all season long first year head coach Shane Beamer having won two games the previous year and then when he took over he changed the culture and so these guys were really wanting to finish on a good note as were both programs but then on North Carolina their story was a little bit different because they came into the season I think they were ranked top 10 I think they were ranked number eight and and then for them, it's sort of been a disappointing season because they haven't lived up to the expectations. So they really wanted to get a win to kind of end the season on a good note because it had, you know, been a lackluster season of sorts for them. So I think there was a different sort of motivation on either sideline, but it certainly was entertaining um, just watching, you know, Sam Howell, who has the potential to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL. And on the flip side of that, what 
what South Carolina was doing offensively, you know, mixing in the Wildcat, rotating quarterbacks. It was a highly entertaining game, not to mention the Mayo. You know, we can get into that later. But uh, it was it was definitely a fun game to be a part of. Now, Taylor, uh, you know, you were one of the uh, people that were a part of the only SEC victory in these bowl games, which <laughs> it's just funny how a lot of this can be made out of. But South Carolina so far is the only one to get a victory, especially with Tennessee's uh, last night against Purdue. A little questionable call there at the end. But what what do you make of bowl records for conferences and whatnot? Is that something that's overblown? Does it actually mean something if a conference can't win a bunch of games? Does that mean there's a down year? Like, what can you really take away from a bowl record for a conference? Well, I'll tell you what. I live in Big Ten country, and so I hear a lot of hate towards the SEC because I think we all know the SEC has dominated the college football landscape for a couple decades now, and people love to hate on the SEC. You guys down there know that that's 100% for sure. So I've read a lot about, oh, the SEC, you know, they can't win against whatever. We have to remember, yes, do do I think the wins matter? I do, but you also have to remember some of the opt-outs and some of these big players, like even Traylon Burks tomorrow for Arkansas. That's a big loss. And and you can say if there's opt-outs on the other side and whatever. So I think it's a little bit of, they matter, but they're also, you know, different than maybe what the team would have been during the regular season. So I think go for it. If people want to hate on the SEC for, you know, they only having one victory so far in bowl season, so be it. But I don't think it's really indicative of the type of seasons that those programs had. As you mentioned with Sam Howell, the NFL potential that's there now, North Carolina overall had a disappointing performance, but a lot of scouts there to see Sam Howell. What did you think about him and, and getting to see him up, up and close, up close and personal? Well, I'll tell you what, to begin with, I was impressed that he played because in the era of opt-outs, when it is so accepted to, hey, move on and focus on the NFL, which I think is totally acceptable, and I understand players' desire to do that. But speaking with him, that was never in his DNA to want to do that. And he was very adamant about finishing this with his teammates, his first ever game in a Carolina uniform was at Bank of America Stadium against South Carolina so it was a full circle moment for him and if there's anything that stood out to me it was the way his teammates respected him and they talked so much about in practice the way that he challenges them you know some of the the cornerbacks will get frustrated in practice because Sam is so accurate and they and and they'll tell some of the other guys hey remember like if, if the opposing quarterback makes that shot on you, we'll give it to him. It's sort of a tip of the hat. Um, but he challenges them day in and day out. And, and I really noticed that on the sideline. There was a respect. There was a, a calming presence about him amongst his teammates. And, I mean, they were down from the get-go. And there was never really a panic, um, even though they ended up losing the game. And so I think whoever gets Sam Howell is going to get a very accurate quarterback. He's going to get a leader. And he's going to get somebody that his teammates really respect. Speaking with Taylor McGregor of ESPN College Football right now and Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. Taylor, uh, obviously we know the semifinals are going on right now. Bama has a lead 7-3 to three, uh, in this one. We know Michigan and Georgia will be going on tonight. Uh, wh- who, do you, who would you like to see in the national championship? Because, you know, we've been discussing this where I even put the poll question on Twitter and it seems like most of our listeners want a Bama and Georgia rematch. You could probably call it to the SEC bias you were referring to, but – uh, who would you think would be the most intriguing matchup in the college football national championship? 
Well, look, I think you can make a case for any of these teams. If Cincinnati beats Alabama tonight, of course, I want to see the way that they fare against Georgia because look at how closely they played Georgia a year ago. And I would also be intrigued to see that the way that they face off against Michigan. I'm more interested in this game right now, what's going to happen with with uh, Alabama running the football because you saw in that opening drive that they were leaving corners back to sort of account for the deep ball. But I've had Cincinnati twice this year. I had them against Fulton. I had them against Tulane, and they were susceptible to the run game. And we saw Alabama certainly take a page out of both of those teams' books and just run it down their throat early. So I'm interested to see the way that they adjust to that. I think this is going to be a really uh, good game. I'm interested to see the, the way that Alabama handles Desmond Ritter because we saw it with K.J. Jefferson. I think Alabama is a little bit susceptible to the dual-threat quarterback, so it's going to be interesting to see the way that they handle him through the rest of the game. So I can't sit here and say, oh, I, you know, I want to see Alabama and Georgia. Of course, I think that is an intriguing matchup uh, because of what happened in the SEC championship game. But I think what happened today is going to dictate what I want to see uh, come, come the national championship. So I, I honestly, I kind of am open to whatever. I'll maybe answer that question at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've seen Cincinnati a couple of times this year, and we know how explosive Bama is offensively, but Cincinnati's defense has really carried them this season other than Desmond Ritter and what he's been able to do offensively. What do you think of uh, Cincinnati's defense overall and what they bring to the table? Well, like I mentioned, I had them against Tulsa and Tulane, and they almost lost that game against Tulsa. It was the week that game day was in Cincinnati, and what Tulsa did was ground and pound. They really focused on the run game. And so that, to me, is where this team is susceptible. I think they have really good corners, maybe the best secondary that Alabama has seen all year. And so um, I think they were trying to capitalize on that early, and maybe that's why they held some corners back. But to me, you've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage. And Cincinnati is way smaller than Alabama up front, so that's going to be interesting to see the way that plays out. But you can't let them run all over you all day. Uh, That's not going to be a recipe for success. I don't care who you are. Now, Taylor, we know that uh, with all these bowl games, too, it was funny. I saw a tweet that you had and something we talked about, that how funny is it that so many people say, oh, that there's too many bowl games and with the, there's teams opting out and there's a lot of shifting and maneuvering and all that. And you mentioned the ratings, too. Like, I, I've just been fascinated by that because the question becomes, of like, why, though? Like, I love bowl games, and I know you love bowl games. We all love bowl games if you're a college football fan. But why do you feel like the ratings for a lot of these bowl games are so much up compared to what they were in previous years. Is there any rhyme and reason to it? You know, I, maybe it's timing and kind of what they're facing off against. I, I think this is just, I'm kind of making this up, right? So I have no idea if this really has an impact, but you look at what's happening in the NBA right now with all the cancellations and, and some of the, you know, the, the matchups in the NBA aren't as intriguing right now because half of the rosters are out. So maybe that's drawing viewers because really that's the only competition that, um, in terms of live sport that college football has. Yeah, there's sometimes when it matches up against the NFL, but um, I think, you know, players still want to compete. Fans who love football still want to watch football. I think ESPN does a really good job of scheduling the games out. So, the, you know, within college football, there's no competition amongst each other. Um, and so fans are getting to watch every single game. And it, it's been fun. I don't really know what the answer is, but I'll take it. So who do you think has the advantage in that Michigan-Georgia game Michigan, they had a win against their biggest rival going into championship. They were able to come away with a dominant victory there. Georgia, on the other hand, have been dominant all season. 
Then they go to the championship game and get a dose of reality there. And many people think with Georgia that this is their moment to shine and bounce back. So who has the true advantage in that game? It's a good question. I think it's natural to say Georgia, and I think Georgia is favored in that game. But what is it, 10 points, something like that? Um, I don't know exactly what the spread is. I haven't checked. But um, to me, Georgia is interesting. And I thought this all season long when they were ranked number one. They don't have a dominant quarterback. And when is the last time you saw a team win a national championship without a really good quarterback? So to me, that's the interesting component. And I think that's why you've seen it covered so much um, leading up to this game. Who's going to be playing quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs? To me, that would be where I would maybe favor Michigan. And I think it's interesting, Michigan's story, just with Jim Harbaugh. I was one of the people last year saying, hey, wait a second. Well, how does this guy still have a job? And he certainly proved me and, and many other people wrong. And he sort of, you know, handed the reins over to the players and said, hey, I'm going to let you guys motivate yourselves. And I, I just think that motivation, sort of the, the wave that they've been on, I think it is going to carry over. And I think it's going to be a, a really, really good game. Um, I still probably would say Georgia simply based upon their defense. Um, but I think the fact that, again, like I said, winning a national championship without an elite quarterback seems challenging to me. So who knows? I'm going to, I'm going to go with Georgia in that game, but I think it's going to be a, a good one. I got to ask you about Arkansas and Penn state in the Outback, Bowl. it's <laughs> one we're looking forward to here in the state of Arkansas. And, uh, you know, we've heard from Sam Pittman, heard from James Franklin and, uh, we know that this is a unique one where these teams have never played each other before and, and they're in a bowl game, or at least Arkansas has never been to the Outback Bowl. But Penn State's had a lot of opt-outs. We know that Arkansas, yeah, yeah. they had Traylon Burks opt-out, but they got the majority of their players in here. What do you make of this matchup? Because uh, it seems like here in Arkansas, at least, Razorback fans are very confident that they're going to get a victory. Yeah, I might be a little biased on this one, but I'm going to take the Hogs for sure. I think – I just think – you know, I hate relying so much on momentum and, and, you know, all of that stuff because both teams, you could make a case, have momentum, and both teams want to be there and they want to play hard for their head coach. And, uh, you know, it's really hard to actually measure that. Um, but I'm just – I think what we saw – I mean, talk about Arkansas playing Alabama. Like, look at the way that they played Alabama at the end of the year. Like, the way that they are trending upward, I think it would be silly not to pick them. And, of course um, – Again, like I hate to be biased, but I've watched way more Arkansas games than I have Penn State, so naturally I think my pick favors Arkansas. Um, but I think it's going to be a, an interesting matchup, especially you know Arkansas offensively against Penn State's defense with all the opt-outs. Um, what, what are you guys picking? Have you picked this game yet? I'm sure you have. I'm sure you guys have been take, talking about it all week. Oh, yeah, there's oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Ar- we're Arkansas all the way, simply because Penn State has all those opt-outs. Not that we weren't before, but that just adds to it where you think Arkansas has the advantage here. I'm with you. I'm with you. Full pig. Yeah, see, that's that's how I'm feeling. It's, uh, it's always the hogs by 90 mentality, Taylor, when it comes to uh, <laughs> everything for the Razorbacks. Well, and it's like, you know, something we've discussed, too, is it just seems like Arkansas has done a really good job of teams against teams that they're at least on the same even playing field or better than. I, I mean, the three, like, yeah, the Auburn game was kind of the exception to the rule this year. But if you think about it, they lost to Bama and Georgia, which are the two teams in the college football playoff, and then Ole Miss by where they were two-point conversion away. 
and Ole Miss won 10 games for the first time in history this year. So it's like yeah. Arkansas has always done a really good job of going up against the teams that they are supposed to win uh, or supposed to beat or at least better than, and I just don't feel like this is going to be anything different with Penn State. Am I the only Arkansas fan that that Ole Miss game keeps me up at night? I was doing the Tennessee-South Carolina game that day at the exact same time, and the whole time I'm checking my phone, seeing what's happening in that Ole Miss-Arkansas game, and then our game gets done. I rush over. I'm watching it as as Ole Miss had scored, and Arkansas is rushing down the field to score again, and then Pittman calls a two-point conversion, and I'm like, oh, we're going to win this thing, and then you know we could – we could dissect that play call all day long, but in my head, there's so many times I'm like, we could have won that game. I mean, we should have. We should have won it. <laughs> well, and Taylor, I yeah. almost could talk about it and say, you know, we should have won it by whatever the whole day long, but that is the game this season that I'm like, oh, I wish we could have that back. Which one bothers you more, though, the loss to Ole Miss or the one to Auburn? Because you're at home, and it's the only home game you lost all season, and there were some blown opportunities in that game. Yeah, so, and I don't disagree with that. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I was doing a game at the exact same time as the Arkansas-Auburn game, so I didn't get to watch it in real time. Um, So I watched it after the fact, and I certainly, yes, that was one of those things where I think you look back and and I, I think that's the game where the coaching staff probably keeps, you know, they that keeps, that game keeps them up at night. Um, but I think for me, just because I was watching that Ole Miss game in real time and you just it felt like, okay, they have all the momentum. They call the two-point conversion. They have a chance to win the game. And if, if one little thing goes different, they win the game. So the, the Auburn game, a lot of things needed to go a different way for them to win that game. So, Taylor, something else that happened in the Duke's Mayo Duke's Mayo Bowl game is uh, they had odd combinations of foods that you would eat with mayo. <laughs> and so they were doing that in the booth. Did you try any of those odd combinations? One of them that, that was seen was, and uh, a lot of videos out there, Oreos dipped in mayo. What were some of the oh. other foods that were tried, and did you try any of them? I did. So, okay, here is the situation. I was supposed to try all of them, but – sideline reporter you're constantly roaming the field and when it fit into the broadcast you know basically when the producer said hey we're going to do this I didn't have the time to run and get the essential the goods and then run to the camera guy on the opposite side so I missed that one I didn't try it and I was getting so nervous because Anish almost vomited I swear off the Oreos and the mayonnaise. So I was like okay maybe I don't want to partake in this like I had initially thought but then um, we took it quarter by quarter. The next one was a um, PB&J sandwich, and I was so nervous. There is this video of me right before where I am freaking out because I'm like, I'm about to vomit on national television, and this is not going to go well for me. But it actually <laughs> was much better than I anticipated. I think it's because you're used to mayonnaise and bread, and there is obviously bread in a PB&J sandwich. So I think there is a familiar taste with that. And then here's the, the biggest key, and I cheated a little bit, but I'm going to admit it to you guys. You don't dip it a ton in mayonnaise, and then you take a big old bite of PB&J, so it covers up the taste. That was my trick. So maybe that's why I didn't think mm. they were as terrible as I was expecting, as I just sort of cheated a little bit. Um, so that was the PB&J, and then we also did a donut at the end. And like I said, it was the same sort of thing where a little bit of mayonnaise, big bite of donut, and, and that'll do the trick. 
Well, Taylor, we really appreciate you joining us this afternoon. I mean, what better to talk than about combinations <laughs> with mayonnaise and everything? So it's like always fun to. We appreciate it, Taylor. Enjoy the rest of bowl season. Enjoy these games today, all right? Hey, have a good one, you guys. Appreciate it.